Greetings, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to my new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast series. We have been overwhelmed with the responses that people have shared from listening to these messages on my SiriusXM show over the years. Those listeners, and they're sharing my show with their network, telling people about it, telling their family members, their friends, and their coworkers about this show and the impact it's having on their lives. That's the main reason that this show is now number one for self-help in America, and I'm very grateful. Yet, we realize that many people do not have satellite radio and therefore could not experience for themselves the message. They could not get it for themselves. So we are now sharing these messages with everyone via this new podcast. Enjoy it and share it with your network. And let's help even more people to do more, be more, and achieve more. Tell everybody so that they can live a Wealthy Ways life as well. Welcome to the new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. And remember, your best is yet to come. Named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world. Inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. Award-winning singer. Best-selling author. And now, here's Willie Jolly. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I'm excited about another opportunity to be with you, to share with you some ideas, strategies, or as I like to call, tips, techniques, ideas, principles, strategies to help you have greater success personally, professionally, in every part of your life, to have greater wealth, and wealth comes in many Forms. We have financial wealth, we have health wealth, we have reputational wealth, relationship wealth. We have lots of wealth, wealthy ways, and that's what this show is called, the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways Show, because we want to bring you wealth in multiple areas. So I have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it, forced upon me, can't refuse it. I didn't seek it, I didn't choose it, but it's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it, give a count. If I abuse it, just a tiny little minute, but in eternity, 
is in it. Greetings to everybody across America, wherever you may be. I'm excited that you're with us today, and I'm excited that you might not just be in America. You might be overseas. You might be global. This message is reaching people in places and, and ways that others didn't think was possible a few years ago. We are all over the globe with this message, and I'm grateful to be able to share with you. Well, as I start every show with God's Minute, that minute is a powerful piece written by Dr. Benjamin Mays, who is Martin Luther King Jr his mentor, and he talked about the fact that this is a powerful thing called a minute. We must make the most of it. We are blessed to have it. And as I tell you every week and all my listeners, God's gift to you is life. Your gift to God is what you do with your lives. So I encourage you to use your life with power and gusto to live it all full all the way. As I said on an interview, on a radio interview I did the other day, we must make a commitment to live full so we can die empty. When our time comes, though, we should have nothing left in us, and nothing on the field. We left it, we left it all, I mean, nothing left in us. We left it all on the field, all in. And that's what I want you to do. Leave it all on the field. So I'm grateful for you being with us. I encourage everybody to continue to send me emails, so, so many nice letters and notes. Would you do that for me, everybody? If this show is having an impact, let me know. If this message is, uh, these messages are having an impact, let me know. Because we love to share them with our other listeners and our other friends. Uh, friends and parts of our community so that they can know that you too are being empowered and inspired. So it's just go to my website, willyjolly.com or wjspeaks.com and make sure to hit the all access badge. There's an all access badge. It looks like a backstage pass. Hit that so you can get some of the free resources we put there to empower you. But also you'll be able to email me and contact me uh, somewhere on my website or just email me at info at willyjolly.com. I also want to encourage everybody to go to jollygoodnews.org jollygoodnews.org which is my faith-based site where we help people to use their faith to have greater achievement so either one of those places will be able to reach me now my guest today is a young man who i met about a year ago in houston texas he came to my event he came with a friend of ours we have a, a or had a mutual friend uh, Reverend Kenneth Skelton, who uh, has since passed away, but uh, Reverend Skelton was, was a long friend of mine, and I was coming to Houston to speak for the Get Motivated Tour, and he said, I've got some young entrepreneurs I'd like to bring as well. Can you get me some tickets for them as well? I said, absolutely. And he brought these young entrepreneurs, and I met one of those young entrepreneurs uh, that Sunday morning, and it was one of the most amazing experiences on a Sunday morning I've ever experienced. Probably one of the top two, top three in my life. What experience I had that when I'll tell you more about that. But this young man, in fact, I'll tell you now. I'll tell you now. I'll do it now. Because I think it's profoundly impactful to tell you the type of person I'm, I'm going to be interviewing. So on Sunday morning, I was going to stay. I stayed over to speak at Reverend Skelton's church. And he said to me, as he picked me up from my hotel, there's a young man who was at the event the other day who wants to say something before you speak. He was at the event, and he was inspired and motivated. And, but he wants to say something. I said, no problem. That's great. That'd be great. So this young man gets up, and he thanks the Lord for strength and health and life, for blessings. And then he said, I want to be a blessing to others because I've been so blessed. 
And he asked the ushers, ushers, would you count how many adults in the room here today? There were 100 adults in the room that day. He said, I know many of you have struggles, have financial issues, the things that are keeping you from living your dreams and being all you can be. I want to be a blessing to you because I've been blessed. He said, I'm going to give each one of you $500. Now, I've heard of people giving money to the pulpit, but I've never heard of somebody in the pulpit giving money to the people. He said, I'm going to give each one of you $500. And then he said, Pastor, I haven't forgotten you. He pulled a check out of his pocket for $50,000 said, I want to bless you as well. $100,000 in one moment. One mo moment. And it was, I was, I was sitting there, I was just in awe. I was just in awe. I, I say to people, if I had not seen it, I might not have believed it. And afterwards, we went to lunch. He, he took us to Papa Do's, and we sat together and talked. And I realized that this was not a, just a flippant experience for him. This was part of his philosophy in life. And that's why I wanted to interview him, because he started a business 36 years old. He's 36 years old, started a business 11 years ago, broke, busted, disgusted. But he had some strategies and principles that he used to make a multi-million dollar business and to be able to be a blessing to many others. So, ladies and gentlemen, his name is Anthony Newton, Jr. He's the founder and CEO of Caduceus Holdings Incorporated is a corporation uh, providing continuing education to high school students. He's been able to get his uh, program in multiple states. He's created a multi-million dollar business, and he has built a business that is impacting young people all over America. And at, at 35, he became the youngest and only entrepreneur in the medical field to have health care programs used in high school classrooms. He was named the SBA District Young Entrepreneur of the Year and Young Entrepreneur in a number of regions. And he has been making a difference. He's a husband, he's a father, and he's a guy who wants to help others. Anthony Newton. Are you there, Anthony? Yes, sir. I'm here, Dr. Jolly. How are you? Man, I'm awesome, man. And I'm so grateful to have you on so that you can just tell people. I gave them, we got about four minutes left in this segment. I gave them the synopsis, the thumbnail sketch. Who is Anthony Newton? Where did he come from? Tell us a little bit of where this guy came from. Well, let me tell you, you did a phenomenal job on that synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> My name is Anthony Newton. I actually born and raised here in Houston, Texas, and I'm calling you, calling in today uh, by way of Houston, Texas. Um, my parents, uh, Sharon and Anthony uh, Newton Sr., were from Louisiana, and they decided to relocate to Houston uh, at an early age. And my mother was 14 years of age when she gave birth to me. Wow. 14 years of age. Wow. Uh, we, we, we came from a poverty background uh, in a small small community called Fifth Ward, Texas. Um, she also gave birth to my sister and my brother uh, immediately thereafter. So me at 14, my sister at 15, and my brother at the age of 16. Her and my father, year to date, have been married for 36 years. Wow. Th 36 years. So I tell her all the time, I'm just grateful and thankful that, you know, that she uh, stayed the course and gave birth to me because, you know, that there are many other options yes. at, at, at that age that yes. could have taken place. Yes. But she chose the, uh, the, the greater of the two. Amen. And I'm very fortunate for it. Amen. Amen. And, 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 and I think it's important to say, uh, folks, 
This is his mother and and father. He she got pregnant at fourteen, but it is the father that he she married, and they are together today. So it wasn't this uh, uh, other story. These are this is a family who made a commitment early on in their lives. He was maybe fifteen, sixteen, what? Yes, my father, he was 18. 18, okay, he's four years older. So he was 18, she was 14, they had the, they had started a family, and they started it, and they have continued. How many siblings? Three of us in total. Three siblings, oh, man. So anyway, you uh, you grew up in, not in a rich area. <laughs> not, not, not at all, no. not at all. Far from it, in fact. But your parents instilled something in you. They instilled a work ethic, and they instilled uh, hopes and dreams and, and goals, didn't they? They instilled, you're absolutely correct, they instilled in me unity, and they, they instilled in me the importance of unity. They sacrificed, sacrificed their youth for their children, mm. and that was impactful for me, and that's one of the reasons why I'm here today and able to give this testimony, and that's one of the things that drove me all the way through was the fact that if they were willing to do that for me and put their life on hold, then I should be willing to do for them with my life. Well, you have done that and you're doing it with the lives of, of millions of other people, young people in high schools around America, as well as with your blessing people and blessing churches that the Lord gives utterance. You just let the Lord lead you. We're going to talk about your philosophy because it was really unique. When we were in Houston not long ago, we went to dinner together and as I sat in, a, in his uh, truck, uh, his SUV, his big, first he came to get me. What did you get me come to get me first and only had two seats? I came in the Lamborghini initially. <laughs> I realized there was going to be three of us, so I had to that, take a detour. That was funny. He said, I'm outside. I said, my wife, oh, my goodness, I got a two-seater, the Lamborghini. And then he said, I'll be back in a short while. He came back with the Cadillac Escalade. Look, we're going to be right back because this young man is going to teach you that it's possible to live your dreams and that you can do what he did because it's possible. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and for sure, your best is yet to come. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and if you're enjoying this information you're hearing on this podcast, I want to invite you to get even more great information on my new free gift page on my website. Go to wjspeaks.com and hit the All Access badge. On that page, you will find information and resources specifically designed to help you to have greater success. Free ebooks, music, all sorts of 
interesting and informational interviews for my XM show. I'm telling you, this is a great page. And why do I do it? Because I've learned that the more we give, the more we get. And the more we help other people to grow and go to the next level, the more we receive in our business. So we want to help you. Tell your friends about it. Go to Facebook and get my information. Go to my website. Get my free resources. And get on wjspeaks.com and hit that all access badge. It looks like a backstage pass. Click it. You'll get behind the scenes information to the special page to help you grow. All we want in return, all we ask is that you pass it on because the more you give, the more you get. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Have a great day. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. You're rich. You're reaching this from around the world, and I'm grateful that you're able to get it, whether you're overseas, whether you're uh, in Canada, whether you're in Australia, New Zealand, wherever you may be around the world hearing this message. I believe this message is going to have a profound impact on you. As I was telling those who might have joined us, Anthony Newton is a 36-year-old multimillionaire who has built a company from scratch, but you got to hear his story. You got to hear his story. And he is a giver. He gave uh, one Sunday I was at a church. That's how I got to know him. He gave $100,000, just $100,500 to the congregants, $500 to the pastor. I've never seen anybody give congregants, but he wanted to be a blessing to others because he'd been so blessed. But boy, there's a reason for this. There's a reason why he's been blessed. And there's some principles that he has employed. But before we get to those principles, and I want y'all all to listen and take notes, because uh, I want, in fact, you to call, talk, call your friends and family members to turn on and listen to this. So if you're listening to this on podcast, that you're getting this uh, one way or the other, share it, get it out, because this message can inspire people. But you didn't start with the golden spoon in your mouth. Uh, in fact, <laughs> while we were driving that night, you told me, you know, I've had a few runnings with the law. I made some poor choices. I struggled. I, I was working in a dead-end job, and things weren't going well. My, my folk couldn't see my vision. My family couldn't understand me. Why don't you tell that story, where you, where you came up out of the fifth ward of Houston, and uh, at, what happened after high school? Oh, well, it- it's or maybe even capture, high. Yeah, some of yeah, that. It, it, it's important to capture high school because when I was in high school in my 12th grade year, I was attending a Houston Independent School District. Uh, there was a teacher by the name of Betty Brown. She was a health co-op teacher. And health co-op teachers allowed you to pretty much go to school half a day and you can go and work half a day. And prior to meeting Betty Brown, I was working at Burger King. That was my first job, mopping floors and flipping burgers. That's what I did at wow. the age of 16. Wow. And, and I did that for about a year until I met Miss Betty Brown. And Miss Betty Brown put me in the health co-op program. And it's funny because my interest for health co-op, when she asked me did I want to be in it, I looked in the classroom and saw a bunch of females in there. And I said, okay, yep, this is a class for me. <laughs> so, so I took advantage of that. Uh, unbeknownst to me, it changed my life forever because Betty Brown saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And I call that the Caduceus moment because mm. everybody's had that teacher that has seen something in them that they didn't see in themselves, mm. and it changed their lives forever. Oh, Everyone a, has that moment. Put a point there. 
Folks, this is one of those lessons, life lesson, pearl points. Everybody has a moment where someone else sees in you what you don't see in yourself and encourage you. The key is that you're willing to, to go on their belief until yours kicks in. Go, go keep going. All right. That's right. So she put me in uh, the medical center. So you're talking about a guy who grew up in the hood. Every day I'd see the hood, go to bed. It's the hood. That's what I saw growing up. But when I got an opportunity to work in the medical center um, as a patient escort, willing patients to and from the radiology department, it changed my life. Wow. I saw individuals uh, that I was working with, colleagues, nurses, physicians, uh, radiologists, uh, riding around in BMWs and Mercedes, and these guys weren't selling drugs. They weren't. They were working nine to five, honest living, making things happen. Wow. And I never knew that that was possible until I got that exposure, and that was in my junior year. I I was so infatuated by the medical center and the opportunities that I started transporting patients to the MRI department, magnetics resonance imaging, and. I was intrigued by what they did down there. So they ended up giving me a position down there as well as an MRI darkroom technician. So I started to work my way up throughout the hospital setting from a patient escort to an MRI darkroom technician. And uh, finally, I worked my way to pharmacy. And pharmacy is where I really got my start. um, And I was really impacted because I saw the direct, immediate results it had on people's lives. So as a pharmacy technician in my 12th grade year, um, I I worked at uh, Memorial Hermann Hospital. It was uh, referred to as Hermann Hospital back then in the medical center. Now it's referred to as Hermann Hospital, Memorial Hermann. Uh And then I transitioned to uh, back to my community where I began to work at LBJ Hospital, Linda B. Johnson Hospital. And as a pharmacy technician, I prepared IV bags in a hospital setting. That was something that I never knew I could do, but there was an individual that took an interest in me again at that level and walked me through how to prepare IV bags Mm. for for patients in the hospital. After that, I uh, joined with a staffing agency, and they realized my experience in the hospital and I took it because it was, of course, a pay grade at the time. So I started to work in various aspects of pharmacy, warehouse, retail, home health, uh, mail order, I did chemotherapy. All of that experience I was gathering in my teens, late teens, early 20s, and by the age of 21, it had posi- an opportunity opened up for me to become an instructor at a vocational school training pharmacy technicians, individuals to become pharmacy technicians. And I remember when I took that job, they said I was the youngest instructor that they had ever hired, Mm. but I was committed to giving it my best. Yes. And I think that's where a lot of change came about in my life because you're talking about a person that was in and out of trouble, had a grill. We we call it a grill, (laughs) gold grill in my mouth, tattoos, earrings, necklaces, the the whole bit. But I would put that stuff on after work. But then when I go to work, I take it all off. Okay, let's and then stop. I, 
let's take a moment there, because I don't want to breeze by that. That this is a you was a street dude who uh, who who was smart enough to realize that you had to be what we call bilingual and uh, or, or have a change of conversations. You could talk to the street dudes, but you also understood how to talk to the people at the job site and how to how to appear in a way that you could keep working and keep making things happen. Now you mentioned you had a few challenges and with the law. Why don't you share that? Because that was hilarious. Uh, when did that happen? Was that high school or uh, late high school or co- that, early college? What was that? Actually, that was that was all doing my my from the eight, age of eighteen to twenty one. That's probably when I got in the most trouble. So, uh, <laughs> this is so, horrible. I mean, so I'm pursuing this career, yeah, but at the same time being this bad boy out in the street. Wow, and I remember you said your dad said, "Well, if you want to go to go to jail, I- I'm gonna let you go there for a little while." <laughs> That's right. That's right. He, he said, I'm not coming to visit you, <laughs> and, and I don't feel bad because you're there, because I didn't put you there. It was your decisions mm. that put you where you are. Uh, hold on. That, that, another point, folks. You know, I love that because your decision put you where you are, but I love something Chris Gardner said when we had him here on the show. He said, everybody, wherever you are in your life, you drove there. You drove there, but... Don't despair because you can drive out, and that's what you did. You were willing to change your decisions or change your actions. You may have gotten in trouble, ended up uh, being uh, 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 in, uh, not incarcerated, but uh, adjudicated for a short time. Not in about, I'm talking about 30 days. It was like 30 days or something. But it was enough for you to get the message, I don't want to be here. Am I right about it? That that's absolutely correct. So you were willing to drive out of there and change your life, and that's the powerful part. That's absolutely correct. So I had two two misdemeanors, one earlier, and then I ended up catching a second misdemeanor, which violated the first misdemeanor probational period, and that's when I ended up doing the 30-day stretch. <laughs> and your father and, said, I ain't coming to visit you. I ain't coming to talk to you. I didn't put you there. I'm going to let you learn this from this experience, but you learned. Thank God it was a misdemeanor. You were able to not have that as a, uh, a felony or anything, but even if it had right. been, you were still willing to change your life. You took a job. You went on to take that job, and go here from there. Well, let me tell you about yeah. that. When when I got that misdemeanor and I came out of jail, I didn't share it with anybody, but I ended up losing my job. Oh, um, okay. I ended up losing my job, and I could not find work in the city. So I had to drive an hour outside of the city, an hour and a half, one way every day to wow. go to my new job outside of the city of Houston. Wow. And I did that for a year and a half. So I would drive from Houston outside of the city one and a half hour one way, and I would drive back one and a half hours one way because they're the only individuals that would give me a job based on my circumstances. Now, so, point, of, point of context, I've had people tell me, well, I'm, I'm not going to do that. It's uncomfortable. It's inconvenient for me to take that job or do this. But it's not permanent, folks. That's what I wanted. He's telling a great story. He was willing to do that, which is uncomfortable, drive an hour and a half one way, because he knew it wasn't forever. It wasn't permanent. But you are not, you're not afraid to do that, which is uncomfortable, to get to that, which is comfortable. That's what I like about that. Go ahead, Anthony. That's right. I had to prove myself. And around that time, that's when I started going to church, because uh, prior to that, I had really never attended church. So that was around the age of 21. Um, and I remember when I first stepped foot in church, November 2011. I'm sorry, 2001, November 2001. Um, 
and I had probably went a handful of times prior, but me being committed as an adult at the age of 21, it was November 2001. I remember it like it was yesterday. And what happened was this person instilled in me at the church, a pastor, the speaking in tongues. Mm. And I used to speak in tongues driving one and a half, one and a half hours one way. So when I got to work, my mouth was dry, I needed a <laughs> bunch of water, but that's what I did because I knew I needed to change. And if they were saying in the church, that's what you had to do to to get changed, well, count me in. Amen. Well, one of the things I like about when we talked, you said, I'm always looking how I can maximize the gifts God's given me. If they say that's going to try, I'm going to try that to do that. Now, if they say, you know, learning to give, which we're going to talk about, the power of uh, of the giving and the sowing and the the stewardship that you have been able to so wonderfully show. But you then got the job. You, you got that one-and-a-half-hour job. Uh, when did you get to the $42,000-a-year $42, job where you had to make a decision? Well, I had to prove myself. So okay. after you get in trouble, you got to prove yourself. So I was the best at everything I did there forward. I remember when I was a, a teacher at uh, the vocational school, I kept a thesaurus with me because I wanted to expand my vocabulary, change mm. my vernacular. I was I was poised to take off that hood, if you will, mm-hmm. and move into my, my destiny. So I started to change what I found myself doing when I was at work, I would take off. And when I was at church, I would take off. And afterwards, I would put on. Mm-hmm. And after a while, I spent more time at work, more time at church, and I was less out there in the streets. So before you know it, I would keep on my work and my church and never put on the after hour because I was just too tired to do so. <laughs> I was too consumed with what was right, right versus putting on what was wrong. Hold that thought. We're going to be right back after this break. we got more to come, and for sure, your best is yet to come. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and for years I've told people that in order to have a greater life, it starts by having greater individual days. If you have a great day and you repeat that great day seven times, you've had a great week. And you repeat that week four times, you've had a greater month. And then repeat that month 12 times, you've had a greater year and you're on your way to a greater life. And it starts with that individual day. I recommend you start each day with something powerful. I call it the pure, the powerful, and the positive. Rather than starting your day with bad news, how many people got killed or how many children got snatched or how many fires there were, I recommend you start your day with something to inspire and empower and encourage you to make this day a great day. We're excited to announce the start of Jolly TV on my Facebook page. Go to Willie Jolly, Willie.Jolly on Facebook. Just go to Willie.Jolly on Facebook and get ready for a great day and a great life. Have a great day on purpose. And we're back, Dr. Willie Jolly, with my special guest, Anthony Newton. And Anthony, uh, I'm, we don't have a book yet that, for you, but you, uh, you are all over the country. We'll tell people, for those who want to maybe learn about your program, where, where can they get more information? I know you're on LinkedIn. I know you have a LinkedIn page. Or Where are people, if they want to connect with you? Yeah, it's going to be at caducesinc.com. That's K-A-D as in David, U. C-E-U-S-I-N-C.com. All right. And also have a LinkedIn. Anthony Newton is my LinkedIn. What does Caduceus mean, by the way? Caduceus is the, we've all seen it, but we just don't associate the name with it. It's, if you've been to a physician's office or you look on the back of an ambulance truck, it's the staff with the snakes ornamented around it and the figure eight with the wings on top. 
that's the medical symbol for healing. So traditionally it's spelled with the C, but we spell ours with the K. That's what a caduceus is. Ah, got it. Okay. So you get you, you drive back and forth a year and a half, and then you get another job, which is I guess your big job. You get to you get a you get to forty two thousand dollars. I never get you saying a forty two thousand dollars. Forty two thousand twenty dollars an hour. And I remember a headhunter called me and said, Hey, we have an opportunity for you because we we know that your background is extensive in pharmacy, you've taught, you've worked in various areas of the field. We'd like for you to come out and develop our curriculum from scratch and oversee the program. I was ecstatic because I was pursuing college at the time and I was doing my undergrad because I figured if I could teach individuals to be technicians, then I might as well go back and become a pharmacist. And I remember that was another turning point in my life. Should I complete college or should I put college on hold just temporarily and pursue this career opportunity? I decided to pursue the career opportunity due to the simple fact it was $20 an hour, and I had never made that type of money ever. I think no one in my family at that time was making that type of money. So I wanted to capitalize on that opportunity. Wow. Wow. Yes. Wow. So you you took the job, and uh, you hadn't finished college, but you took this this job to paying you forty two hundred forty two thousand dollars a year, and and then one day you decided it was time for you to grow, but nobody else saw your vision but you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I had I you know when I started at that company, the the gentleman at the time, the executive director, had promised me everything under the sun. And I was committed to it. I remember I was putting in 60-hour work weeks. I developed two ulcers for the job because I was that committed, taking on stress and everything of that nature. And I remember the individual that had promised me everything had transitioned out, and a new person had transitioned in, and they had a completely different vision. Mm. <laughs> and their vision didn't align with the vision I had established initially with the uh, prior director. So I found myself at a glass ceiling due to the fact I was not degreed and there was no more room for growth. Mm. So I remember these students coming to me. Uh, hey, Mr. Newton, you know, I'm out here, I'm working, I'm making some pretty good money, but my student loans are killing me. At the time, these guys were paying $10,500, not for a bachelor's, not for an associate's, but for a certificate, for a certification. And that bothered me. Mm. That bothered me because you had individuals that were strapped with their their financial aid was consumed. Uh, They had to take out student loans, and they had to make payments while they were going through these short uh, programs. So I decided to submit my uh, four-week notice. And I remember initially I was just going to go part-time. And, uh, you know, I did actually. I started the business part-time. Yeah. So I started working on my business part-time. While I was working, after uh, work, I would work my business. And I started reading books. One of the books that I picked up was uh, um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Uh, Another book was uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert T. Kiyosaki. And the most impactful book that I had read at that time was the second series of the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, and that was Cash Flow Quadrant. It changed my whole perspective on business and on life in general. 
Wow. Now, real quick, folks, I'm going to give everybody a gift. First of all, I, if you ever come to my Get Motivated events, I, those are the books, some of the books I recommend. Think and Grow Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The Greatest Salesman in the World, The, uh, the Millionaire Next Door, some of the books that have changed my life, The Richest Man in Babylon. Now, and of course my books, any of y'all get my books, you know I'm happy with that. But I'm going to give everybody who's listening right now who wants a copy of Think and Grow Rich a digital download copy, my gift to you, because that's one of the books changed my life, changed Anthony's life. If you heard Joe, Joe Dudley not long ago, he, he, he talked about how it changed his life. If you'll go to my website, WJ speaks.com wjspeaks.com hit the all access badge you'll be able to get a free digital download copy of think and grow rich it changed uh, Anthony's life my life and so on others and I want you all to life to be changed so you decide you're going to start your company you start part time and uh, and then you say you know it's time for me and I, let me tell you something interesting about this whole concept about uh, the guy who brought you in promised you the world left same exact thing happened to me I, I was working with the school system the, the guy who brought me in made me all these promises going to give me a you know increase in salary within three or four months uh, he really wanted me to be there it was rosy and I go away to a conference one weekend when I come back this man is dead and buried. You hear what I said? He had died and had been buried by the time I got back and the new director said I have no he didn't write any notes about that and that's not what I'm thinking for you and I'm not giving you no raise and I'm not doing that and I I said but he promised. She said I don't care what he promised. That was him. <laughs> I mean I was done. But that let me tell you folks that was the precipice for me leaving my job and becoming a professional speaker. I would probably still would be with the school system now if that experience it had. It pushed me out the nest. And, and Anthony is giving you that same story. This pushed him out of a comfortable place. He could have stayed comfortably, uh, probably uh, where he was, not comfortably, but he would have stayed because it was not an incentive base to leave. But that, that pushed him out. $42,000, he wasn't being able to quite pay his bills, but he, was, he still stayed because he, he, the guy had promised. But... After that, that change in leadership, he had to make a decision. Tell me what happened then, Anthony. 24 years of age when I got the job, 42000 a year, corner office, everyone walking around calling me Mr. Newton. Felt like I had made it. Yes. Uh, had a benefit package, 100% uh, major medical insurance. My parents had told me this best thing, keep stay with that job forever. Just ride it out. You're, you're in good shape. You're going to be great. <laughs> but there were some things that... I still couldn't do. I could not travel to the Bahamas. I could not take, you know, extended vacations or buy ex certain luxury vehicles, couldn't purchase certain clothing. So I felt like even though everyone was telling me I had a great thing going on, it didn't feel great. It didn't feel great. There was something that was missing, and I knew it was something that was missing internally. And what I decided to do I remember there was a, a doctor there. His name was Dr. Aronson. I call him uh, in past tense because he's recently passed. And I remember him complaining one day. And Dr. Aronson, he, if you knew him, he'd always complain. And Dr. Aronson said, great guy, great guy. He was over the dental program, and on his patch, on the lab coats that they were giving out to his students, it had a tooth and a toothbrush. And mm. Dr. Aronson said, I don't want a tooth and a toothbrush. I want a caduceus. 
And I pulled him to the side and I said, Dr. Harrison, what is a caduceus? And that's when he explained to me that it was the medical symbol for healing. Mm. And I told him right then and there on the spot, if I ever start a company, I'm going to call it caduceus. And it's going to signify that I'm not just going to complain about things, but I'm going to do something about it. Mm. Mm. That's where the name caduceus truly came from. Mm. Wow. Not just complain about it, but do something about it. Oh, I like that. I like that. Folks, this is this is powerful. Well, <laughs> you went to your parents and said, I, I, I'm, going, I'm thinking about leaving my job. And what happened? <laughs> They say, boy, you're crazy. <laughs> you know, it took us years to get to where you're at, and you're already there, and now you're going to leave it. And I told them, you know, this is something that I want to do. And, I, again, I was about 26, of age, 26 years of age. It was two years after. And um, I had been doing my business part-time, making some money off of it. And I feel like, man, if I could do this full-time, maybe I could really take this thing to the next level. Because you can't get anywhere doing anything part-time and part-time only expecting it to grow so i remember what i had learned in church they say you got if you ever step out on faith you need to sow a seed Mm. and i remember this was the biggest seed i had ever sown it was uh seven fifty eight dollar seeds i said i'm gonna sow seven fifty eight dollar seeds and i sowed it into uh, a ministry out of dallas and I remember someone on the testimonial saying, hey, you know, I sold a $58 seed and got a thousand-fold return, $58,000 return on my my seed. And I was like, you know, it was far-stretched because I, I couldn't compute numbers like that. And that wasn't the motivation for it, but I just wanted to be obedient. Right. It was just out of sheer obedience. And I was taking everything that I received from the church at that time at face value. Yes. I was young. So... I did that, and I remember I submitted my notice, and I said, I'm going to go part-time. That way I can work on my business a little bit more. You know, I got a nudge in my spirit, and the spirit said to me, I didn't tell you to go part-time. I want you to walk away in its entirety. Wow. And let me tell you, man, I was scared. Sure. (laughs) I was scared because I was like, there's no safety net. There's no guarantee this business is going to work. But I attached my faith with it put in a four-week notice. I wasn't fired. They didn't let me go. I did my time. They didn't want me to go, and I stepped out on faith. And three months later, three months after I stepped out, I took my program. I remember going down to Houston Independent School District, the district that I graduated from, and I presented. I remember when I went to the front desk, Didn't I had three sheets of paper in my hand. This is how crazy the story is, and I look back on it and I laugh about it because I had about three or four sheets of paper in my hand, and I was bold and confident. I'm going in here to present to Houston Independent School District, one of the largest school districts in the country. And I remember when I got there, I said, I'm here to present on a pharmacy technician program to the district. And the young lady at the front desk transferred me to a gentleman. And the gentleman that picked up the phone, I can't remember his name, but I held on to his name, and he told me, you got the wrong number. You need the wrong person. You need to be speaking with this person. And that person was Dr. Jane McCullough. So when he transferred me over to Dr. Jane McCullough, I said, hey, Dr. Jane McCullough, so-and-so said that you're the person I need to speak with, and I refer to the gentleman's name, in regards to implementing this pharmacy technician program into the high school. And 
she ended up giving me an interview, allowing me the opportunity to speak and give a presentation. And they ended up implementing my program. And I remember years after, I looked back to her and I said, Dr. McCullough, why did you give me the opportunity? She said, because you may mention a such and such name. And had you not said his name, I would have never even seen you. But the, because you used his name. Wow. Hold that thought. That got you in the door. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. I've got you. got to hear the rest of the story, folks, and the principles that turned his life from 42,000 to multi-millions and how you can do the same. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. And for sure, your best is yet to come. Lord, since I've met you, since I've met all this change in the blink of an Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and people often ask, how did I go from a broke, busted nightclub singer to become a best-selling author and to be voted one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by the 175,000 members of Toastmasters International? The answer is that I decided to invest and change my thinking, invest in my mindset, and decided to change my inputs because inputs determine outputs. I heard about a seminar years ago when I was just getting started. I was making about $100 a speech, and I heard this seminar that was creating millionaires, and it cost $10,000, but the guy was getting results. I didn't have that kind of money, but I decided to borrow it because I learned that there's a price for success, the price of college, the price of going to school, the price of education. There's a price for success, and then there's a cost for not paying the price, the cost of staying the same. And that cost is greater than the price. It's too expensive. And so I went, and it changed my life. And I came back and quickly made $100,000. I heard a similar story from Dr. Dave Martin, how he went to a success rally, heard a speaker who inspired him. He and his friend said, wow, that's changed my life. The speaker had a package of materials to help build wealth. The package cost $1,500. And that was all the money Dr. Dave had to his name. Dr. Dave's friend asked, do you think this stuff is worth it? Dr. Dave thought for a moment. He said, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But I do know that I'm worth it. I'm worth it. He invested that money in that package and used the materials to grow his thinking. He grew his mindset. He shared how that $1,500 investment has gone on to generate millions in revenues. He's a multimillionaire. And he has homes now in Arizona and Florida. I want to say to you, it's time to invest in you. I want to give you some materials that will help you grow you, grow your mindset, grow your future, grow your finances. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire. wjspeaks.com slash billionaire to get some materials that will inspire your success and help you find that there's a price for success, but there's a cost for not paying the price. And the cost is always greater than the price. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire and get the bag, the box, or any of the materials there and keep growing your wealth. And remember, as a man thinketh, so as he is, and your best is yet to come. This is 
is Dr. Willie Jolly, and if you're listening, just joining us, you're listening to Anthony Newton, who is in his um, mid-30s, has built a multi-million dollar company, and uh, did it because he used some specific principles. One of those principles was what you just heard, if you heard the last part. He developed relationships, and the fact that he, he, he spoke kindly to the gentleman who answered the phone and was pleasant. The gentleman referred him to to Dr. McCullough, who then gave him an interview and gave him his first contract. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. Mm. First contract. Brace yourself. Yes. First contract, first check from Houston Independent School District was for $58,000. Wow. $58,000. <laughs> After sowing seeds of $58. Come on, somebody. (laughs) And and, and seed sowing has never been the same for me. (laughs) It's never been the same because I knew right then and there it worked. Right. It worked. And that first check, the deal was uh, about a $300,000 deal, but the first check that was relinquished was $58,000. And I remember getting that check and immediately running down to the church house and gave Six thousand of it away to the church. <laughs> six thousand, right there, bam! Right there, I gave six thousand because I was like, if this thing worked that fast, I'm gonna stay on top of it. Amen. I, I gave six thousand. I remember I was excited. I went back and told family and friends, and they were like, they weren't, they didn't share the same excitement that I shared. They felt like I was giving all my money away. Right. They they saw it as they saw it from from uh, 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 the standard perspective, which is you know, why are you giving why are you giving the church money? Why are you tithing? Why are you doing that? Uh, not understanding that there's a miracle in tithing. Uh, Mark Victor Hansen, Chicken Soup for the Soul, who founded Chicken Soup for the Soul, talked about how he was broke, he was bankrupt, but he started giving, he got a tithing, and how that created that whole chicken soup phenomena where they make a dollar book and they sold, were selling at one rate at one time a hundred thousand dollars a a a week uh in uh in books around the globe anyway you 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 gave the six thousand you're tired and then but you had some tough times you, you you had to stay in your uh business you had to live in your uh office somewhere along the line that's right that's right i got the second check it was twenty four thousand and i remember i was going down and i was about to give the, the twenty five hundred right and there was a gentleman that came to speak at the church that day and he said you're tired opens up the window of heaven, but your offering determines what God pours back to you. And I had never, ever heard that. You know, I'm, I'm new to the faith, new to the walk, and I just never heard that. But you know me, being who I am, I right. take it at face value. Right. And I gave, and need I mind you, the, 50, the seven $58 seeds, the $6,000, these that's the most money I had ever given. No one in my family had ever given over $100, you know. Uh, so... These were unprecedented donations. So what I decided to do, instead of giving 2500 I gave $10,000 wow. to the church. Wow. $10,000. That was within a two-month time frame. And I remember being excited about it and no one sharing the same excitement, not one single person sharing the same excitement. They were saying, oh, you bought the, the new bus for the church. You put the roof on the church. You know, <laughs> you, you, you're paying for pastors Mercedes. Right, right, right. But I remember the pastor saying to me when I did that, you'll be debt free in a year. I took it at face value. Well, shortly thereafter, HISD called me and they said, we got to pull this contract. Uh, we don't have enough funds. We misalloc- allocated uh, or allocated funding, 
and we're going to have to pull the contract from you. Wow. And I remember that was the most devastating thing because I felt like the money was just going to keep going. This is easy. If I keep doing my part, it'll keep coming, right. and I'll continue to impact these students. And I remember I had to choose because I had purchased a two-bedroom apartment on the lake. I had my newborn uh my son was uh, had my my youngest son was born at the time, and my my the mother of my child at the time she was pregnant with my second child. Yes. And I had to choose between my two bedroom apartment on the lake and my office that I had purchased. And I decided to let go of that twelve hundred dollar a month apartment and move into my fifteen hundred dollar a month office. I liquidated everything, kept my couch, my bed, and my TV. And I moved into my office, and no wow. one ever knew. I stayed there for six months. Wow. When my son would come over, we'd play, we'd sleep. Uh, after At night, they cut off all the electricity, uh, so th- we had no AC, I mean, no heat, and it was cold around the time. I would constantly be sick, got bed bug sores, and the whole shebang was just a horrible experience. And I remember uh, in Think and Grow Rich, they made these these confessions that you have to put things up on your wall, right. which you believe in for. And I start putting confessions all within that office and speaking into existence. I want 12 schools. I want uh, you know, $112,000. I want this. This is what I want. This is what I'm believing for. And I remember I had issues with God because I felt like I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. <laughs> you know? right. I'm here because I was obedient to what it is I felt you had asked me to do. Yes. And I remember the movie at the time that I would watch over and over again at that time. It was a popular movie. It was in 2007, and it was uh, Pursuit of Happiness yes. with Will Smith. Right. <laughs> I would watch that movie over and over and over again. Yes. Well, during that season— Chris Gardner, who we just talked about, exactly right. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. During, during that season, I remember that I went back to Dr. McCullough, and I said, what could we have done better? And she started telling me some of the things, how we got in, and some of the things that we could have done to make it better. And I started tweaking those things. And I remember I started calling districts all throughout Houston trying to get a deal. And I burned up all of Houston. But me burning up Houston, going through that process, I was people were telling me no, but I would ask why. And every time they told me no, I came up with a rebuttal for that no. So I knew when I went to the next person, they could not tell me no for the exact same reason. So now I tell people, looking back on that, you got to fail faster. The faster you fail, the quicker you get past all the objections, and you get the precise rebuttals that you need for those objections, and you can get to the selling. Wow. So that was imperative for me to fail fast. So I went through all of those no's, and it wasn't until I made it to outside of Houston, because I used Houston as a test market, but I got to San Antonio, and that's when I got my first deal. Then I got my second deal and my third deal. To make a long story short, within a year's time, I ended up closing 12 deals. Actually, I ended up closing 15 deals. And then a deal came out of nowhere when I partnered with a nonprofit, and I got $140,000 out of nowhere. I took 20000 and used it for overhead. 70000 to pay off all of my debt that I had accumulated during that time, 
and I have $50,000 left over in my pocket. And ever since that day, I've been debt free. Come on, somebody. All right, so we got three more minutes left in this interview. You, he's Well, let me go on, folks, and tell the rest of the story real quick. He's built a multi-million dollar company. He's got deals with school systems all over the country where he's teaching vocational and technical skills to high school students rather than having them to get student loans when they get out to go to college or technical school. He's doing that in high school all over the country. He has become a multimillionaire. So if you were going to give in a class, so we got two minutes, what do you tell a class of young entrepreneurs, high school students or college students, here's what you need to become successful? Tell us a couple of principles. You need drive and determination. Drive. And it's hard. It's drive and determination. It's hard to associate passion initially because you don't necessarily know what you want, and that's why we offer four programs. Okay. Pharmacy technician, medical building coding, veterinarian assistant, and certified nursing assistant. Everything in the healthcare field. Because if they're taking it in high school, then they can determine when they get out if it's a field they want to pursue or not. So their first two years in college, they're not there with a major that's undecided. Wow. So it's for, it lays a foundation for those that are ready for college, and it also equips those who aren't even interested in college at the moment, and they just want to go straight to work. So it impacts both. But determination and drive is two key ingredients that you have to have if you want to be successful in anything. Wow. And then, of course, giving. Understanding that as you give, so shall it give unto you. Press down, shaking together, folks. We're not in this. We, neither one of us, if you give to your church, we're not going to get a penny of it. We're not in it to try and get anything. We're not doing it to get anything. As I tell people when I speak at churches, I'm not here to tell you to, to be a giver because it gets me any more money. I not do. I get nothing from it except to see you successful. I've been a giver. Anthony proved out what I saw throughout my life. That, and Keith Harrell blessed me. He wrote the book Attitude is Everything. He said the reason that when he got a big multi-million dollar uh, book deal and we had started at the same time, I said, what do you do that I'm not doing? He said, you write great books. I said, yeah. He said, but you don't give like I do. He said, you give a dollar, don't you? I said, yeah. He said, no, 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 I tithe. And he said, God will bless you. If you believe God, believe him all the way. So Anthony Newton is an example. Anthony, your story is just inspirational. At some point, we're going to do a second part, because by that time, we're going to help you have your, get your book out, because your book is going to change people's lives. But again, where can people reach you? Again, it's caducesinc.com. That's K-A-D-U-C-E-U-S-I-N-C.com. Or you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Anthony Newton. Folks. This young man is an example that is possible that you can start in the hood, that you can grow up and make some poor choices, that you can, you can be a, 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 a guy in the street for a while. But if you change your thinking, you put that, change those books, Think and Grow Rich, The Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you start changing your thinking, changing your relationships, change who you hang around with, you will change your life, change your finances, and change your future. Anthony, thank you, my friend, for being on with me. Thank you, Dr. Jolly. You're awesome. God bless you, folks. Go to willyjolly.com, wjspeaks.com. Tell Lottie, Dottie, and everybody that we're now on podcasts. We're now sharing these messages around the world with people every which way we can to help people do more, be more, and achieve more. And remember, for sure, for sure, for sure, your best is yet to come. Have a great week on purpose. God bless. Are you tired of crying and complaining? Tired of feeling like life don't let you care?
Podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.